G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. The Pharisees, they are livid with this. And the first thing they do is they say, oh, the only reason that Jesus can cast out these demons is because he's using the power of the prince of demons, Beelzebub. Yeah. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Is it something clearly explained in Scripture? Or is it something we might be unwittingly doing that could condemn us forever? Like most everything else in the Bible, context is the key to our understanding. That's what we're going to be exploring today on Foundations. It's funny, isn't it, when you think about the unforgivable sin, and yet you could actually talk to quite a few people and say, what is the the unforgivable sin? And you'd probably come up with quite a few different conclusions Mm -hmm. and none of them very very clear yeah (laughs) you kind of think we we kind of need to nail this down because we don't want to commit the unforgivable Mm. sin well that's right we don't want to be we don't want to die being unforgiven no so if we're committing that unforgivable sin and uh, maybe not even realizing it yeah so uh, yeah what does the bible say about this this is what what, what would you say would be have you any idea of what you think the unforgivable sin is there's been lots of different theories over the years i mean for me the thing that i've always sort of come back to is just the idea of rejecting the Holy Spirit. So ultimately, you know, the Holy Spirit's wooing us yeah. uh, to come to Christ and to surrender our lives to him. If we reject that and we repeatedly reject it and ultimately die in that state of you know, rejecting the Holy Spirit, well, then that's you know, the unforgivable sin. We've, we've died you know, without our sins being forgiven. Yeah. I can remember always hearing that the one thing you could never be forgiven of was would be to commit suicide mm. because, yeah, you that, know, yeah. You're not allowed to murder, so therefore, if you murder yourself, mm-hmm. well, you've just committed this heinous crime against yourself. No time to repent, yes. because yeah. you know what I mean. So therefore, and I always kind of equated that. Well, maybe, maybe that was mm. the unforgivable sin against the Holy Spirit, but I've never seen that in Scripture. It just no. seemed to be something that was I, taught. I think it's just yeah, it's been something that's been passed down, and I think, to be honest, possibly. The origins of it is actually around trying to scare people out of doing it. You know, like say, well, yeah. don't commit suicide because that's the unforgivable sin. But I, yeah, I don't believe there's anything in Scripture that would back Not that up. Not at all. So this is why it's really important that we have context right before us so we actually know what Scripture says so that we don't sort of make things up out of out of yeah, thin exactly. air or yeah. because it sounds like it might be true. So we, we kind of need to know what the Bible has to say. Yeah, well, Jesus in Matthew 12 uh, talks about blasphemy and says in, uh, from verse 31 and 32, I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Do you know one of the things that always stuns me about that, that particular verse where it says you can speak against the Son of Man and you can be forgiven from that? Mm. I mean, we're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of everything. No other name can a man be saved by except for his and you can actually be forgiven for saying something against him. Mm. That stuns me to start with. But 
you can't say anything against the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now, this is a really good example of why you have to keep verses in their context. It's really important. Otherwise, you can make anything that you like come out of a verse. So I want to look at the context of this verse. And if you read the verses before that statement, say from verse, because you read from verses 31 to 32, but if you read from verse 22, you read this account of a demon-possessed man who was born blind and he was mute and he was brought to Jesus and Jesus healed him. Mm. And this man begins to speak and he gets his eyesight back. So you're talking like breathtaking yeah. miracle stuff. The crowds are astonished and they're all thinking, wow, this has got to be the Messiah you've been waiting for, the son of David. And then enter the religious leaders. That's right, so yes. <laughs> they always bring, uh, they don't they just open everything up to us? Mm-hmm. The Pharisees, they are livid with this. And the first thing they do is they say, oh, the only reason that Jesus can cast out these demons is because he's using the power of the prince of demons, Beelzebub. Yep. And you can almost, when you read the conversation, you can almost imagine Jesus scratching his head thinking, do you even hear yourself? It doesn't make any sense. Yep. Because if, if I'm casting out demons by the prince of demons, then basically I'm attacking my own side. Mm, yeah, that's right. I'm undermining yeah. myself. Exactly. And he really goes in to explain that in that in that passage, doesn't he? He talks he about you know a house divided against itself, and so yeah, he's pointing out very clearly that they're you know basically, I mean they're you know trying to think of a thing on the fly to say what's going, you know how can we you know debunk what he's done, but really he sort of calls their bluff. Do you know it's like the PC culture at the moment is they'll attack anything that they don't agree with, mm. not realizing that their arguments, if you lead them to their end conclusion, actually cuts their own yeah. legs off. Yeah. And this is what happens here because Jesus says, okay, let's just say that I'm actually casting out demons by the power of the prince of demons, right? Let's just say that's the case. I'm actually performing this miracle. You who have the power of God, so you say, whose power are you using to cast out demons? Mm. Because <clears throat> you haven't cast any demons out. And here's the horrifying implication there. They're actually, by, by what they're accusing, they're saying that they have the power of God which is impotent in the face of yes, Jesus right. who has the power of the devil. Yeah, so, so he's saying that the, the, or they're saying the devil's power is greater than God's power. Yeah, and mm. they're actually blaming this miracle on the devil, giving him credit yeah. for something that God did. And then Jesus turns around and he says, and therefore if I am in fact actually delivering demons by the power of God, where does that leave you? Mm. Because he turns it back on them yeah. as if to say, well, therefore the truth is if you don't have the power of God and I do, then perhaps it's you who's got mm. the power of the devil. Yeah, that's right. So what you find from this context is that because because it's, after this conversation and this event has happened, that he then says, you can say anything you like against me and it can be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, there's no comeback from that. Mm. You're done. That's the context. Actually saying that God and his power is actually of the devil. Now, converse of that is it would be to say that when Satan is doing something, trying to give God the credit for it. Yeah, that's right. So the same thing applies there. Mm. So that's like um, 
that's a really horrifying prospect. And there are some implications as well because there is a parable that we're going to look at next time. There's not much time to unpack that now about many people who are going to do things in Jesus' name. And then Jesus' response is shocking. But Jesus actually went on in chapter 12 and he actually explained that if you're not for him, you're actually against him. Yeah, well, that's verse uh, 30 of Matthew 12 where Jesus says, He who isn't with me is against me, and he who doesn't gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. So that's the yeah, verse 31 that we read earlier. Yeah. So once again, you've got the context, which really is you know, the most important thing to consider in, in all these discussions. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, this, this came about from an article that I read from the Israel Bible Center, Dr. Nicholas Shasser, who I've mentioned before. Really, really great stuff. But again, I want to... I want to take this a little bit further next time because there is an implication that we've got to be careful about what we attribute to Jesus Mm. so that we, we don't end up taking for granted or misusing his name for self-aggrandizement. Well, on the next program, we will continue looking at this issue of blasphemy against the spirit and marrying that with our call to test every spirit and be discerning of everything that claims to be Christian. So we'll do that next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.